0: Diversity, equity, and inclusion on our nonprofit organization's board of directors, and what that means for fundraising. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjukovic. This is the first day from the Fundraising School, and I'm joined today by my colleague Gatsby Brown. Gatsby runs a national fundraising consulting firm, and she is a longtime veteran faculty member of the Fundraising School. She has so much expertise on so many different topics, including this very important topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion. In fact, when we have trained our fundraising school faculty on that topic, Gatsby has led the way for us. And so we wanted to uh, ask her to serve as a guest today on that topic. Uh, and first of all, Gatsby, welcome back to the Fundraising Schools podcast. Thank you. It's
1: a pleasure to be with you, Bill.
0: And I I just wanna jump right into this topic. And first of all, a reminder of the why. Why is diversity, equity, and inclusion so important when we think about our board of directors?
1: Well, I wanna talk about uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion in a context. I believe that uh, diversity is about checking off boxes. Mm -hmm. Inclusion means that as a board, we've invited you to our table so from the board perspective, I prefer to use the word equity because that means we are all coming equally. And board, uh, boards across the board need to ask themselves, are we, and I'm gonna go through an African-American lens for right now, are we expecting more from African-American board members or those that we want to recruit than others? Are we expecting less of them as we move forward? And how are we looking, not only with, within, within the board, but how are we looking within how we, uh, that our vendors, how many vendors would fall into the people of color category that uh, we need to, as a governing body with the, uh, uh, the, the power to make decisions and to have loyalty, duty, and care as our burden. And our responsibility as board members. So when I look at diversity, equity, and inclusion, I thought about two. It diversity, if it were diversity, uh, inclusion, and equity, the acronym would be DIE, and we don't want that, right? Ooh. So uh, when we look at this, that's a levity part of it, but it is a very serious matter. There are three platforms that we should look uh, at it uh, from a board perspective: awareness, relationships and commitment.
0: Okay. How much
1: do we know about others? And you mentioned what should you do as a middle class white guy and uh, you want to be an ally. Allyship by its very definition means that it is not uh, self-defined, but the people that you're reaching out to will define you as an ally based on what you do and so when we look at the relationships, I use something that's sort of similar to the, the uh, constituency model that the fundraising school uses to identify donors. And this is identifying how many relationships do you have at your core, in your family, in your immediate circle, uh, your associations, your, and then going, taking out from that, uh, that circle, how many um, religious relationships do you have? How many people do you do business with? How often do you have relationships? And once again, through the African-American perspective with African-Americans. And I found in doing this with nonprofit organizations, people are saying, hmm, I need to do some work there because without the relationships, there will not be this broader understanding and longer lasting impact on diversity, equity, and inclusion.
0: So awareness of the topic is the first step. Are we aware of diversity, equity, and inclusion? And are we aware where we're strong and where we have gaps in our organization? What steps do we take then, Gatsby, to to move our board forward uh, in those areas of diversity, equity, and inclusion?
1: Well, that awareness training is uh, very important. I do something called equity-centered, courageous leadership because that's what it is. It is not for the, the faint-hearted at all. Because when you face the awareness of the brutality, the uh, unkindness, the uh, inequity, the unfairness of what all of this has meant to us that has brought us to this racial reckoning point, it's brutal, it's raw. But to be able to look at it and say that was absolutely wrong, some people's um, reaction will be, well, that was what my ancestors did and it had nothing to do with me. No, that is not the case. It means that there is a responsibility to rectify and to begin to make a commitment to move forward in a very, very intentional way. So this is serious work here. And it is not once again for the faint hearted, it's for courageous leaders and I do believe there are many, many courageous leaders out there that are already doing the work and that those who are pursuing the work.
0: So, Gatsby, how do we then cross those lines of distinction to, to reach out to other people groups, to reach out to other demographics, uh, whether they be people of color or other ways that we need to add more diversity to our board? Uh, what are some of the steps that boards and nonprofits can take?
1: Well, first of all, there are partnerships that can be struck with other organizations that are uh, maybe other ones, people would call them social justice organizations or civil rights organizations, you have local um, urban leagues, you have local NAACP organizations and others that uh, can come in and begin to have talking Uh, Sessions to have fireside chats that can get people together to begin the conversation first, because a trust level has to be established. And then once again that awareness that's that's uh, one step and then looking at those relationships, once again, by being very intentional to reach out. The more you know about other people, the more you will begin to respect them and understand their struggles and get to know them. This whole thing about colorblindness, uh, we can't have with boards. It has to be an intentional um, look at how other people live, their culture, and what they stand for.
0: You know, Gatsby, I just want to affirm that in my own fundraising career, some of the best advice I've received is to work with those affinity groups whether they be groups that serve African-Americans or Latinos or, or you know, any of the demographics that we're interested in, in reaching out to as a starting point, uh, as a way to say, you know we need your voice at our table. Uh, this is not about checking a box. This is not about tokenism. This is about, we still need people who care about our mission and our cause but we also know people come to try to have as much unity as we can, but also from their own diverse perspectives. And and I just have to tell you my own fundraising career, it's been a wonderful joy to meet folks from those affinity groups and welcome wonderful board members to our organization.
1: Yes, and and being able to say, not just welcome to our table, but our table is incomplete without you.
0: Right, that is so well said. That is so well said. Um, And then one thing I've noticed too is, if we get started, momentum can grow over time, right? That, that if we add somebody from a community and then term limits happen or another board seat opens, now we have people in our family at our board table who can help us to go deeper into those communities. Have you seen that in your own career as well?
1: Absolutely, there is a ripple effect and the momentum does get built because there is a trust level. With boards that uh, are totally white and uh, do not have inclusion and equity, uh, there is a sense of distrust. Even some of the organizations that serve marginalized people, if the board only looks one way, it is not truly representative of the community. And so that trust factor from the board level and from the organizational level needs to take place and can take place by showing that there are voices at the table that are being heard.
0: So awareness of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Awareness of your strengths and awareness of your gaps. Uh, Being willing to have some tough conversations. As Gazby mentioned, this isn't always an easy conversation, but isn't our cause worth it? Isn't our nonprofit worth it uh, to have those difficult conversations? And then identifying individuals, identifying affinity groups, and taking that first step. And hopefully then that becomes a ripple effect uh, to become even more diverse and more inclusive and more equitable over time. And Gatsby, what does this then mean for fundraising? How does this help us? I mean, again, diversity is just the right thing to do. It's just the morally correct thing to do. But in terms of practical terms, how does this help us with our fundraising?
1: Yes, when it's looked at as the right, just the right thing to do, it becomes rather performative. And we want it to be authentic, right? So um, leading in, we as nonprofit organizations, we lead the country, actually, because it is that compass that takes the, our country in the right direction. I believe that to, to my core. And so if there's anybody that can or any sector that can impact this diversity, equity and inclusion, it would be the nonprofit sector. And uh, what was your question again? Yeah, you know,
0: just how this helps us with fundraising is, you know, if we have a more diverse yes. board, it would seem to me we're reaching into more communities, we're reaching into more people groups. And again, even as we come together in a unified way in the public square, we still also affiliate with people who are similar to us but it seem to me we're reaching more people with a diverse board
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I wanted to address that and, and kind of got off on the tangent, so excuse me. But even the U.S. Uh, trust study that took place in 2016 that is done in collaboration with the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, uh, it talked about and included for the first time African Americans and Latinos and others in that uh, longitudinal study, which showed that there are certain trends in those communities, such as uh, how much they love communication as a means to increase their fund, uh, their fundraising and increase their giving, actually, because this is through high net worth individuals. So high net worth in individuals in the African-American community and the Latino community have indicated also that they are cl- more closely tied to the organization than maybe others. The data proves this out, That uh, and that could be because there's been a lot of religious giving from those two sectors. But at the same time, because of the habit of giving that has been uh, cultivated in those two cultures, it is such an opportunity for fundraising. It is a missed opportunity to not recognize that.
0: And we also know from Dr. Noah Dresner's work that people respond to appeals that recognize their demographic group. Uh, certainly, people care about the overall cause, let's say education. Uh, but then, if you say, you know what, we're also seeing how this helps African Americans, Latinos, Asians. First Nation Native Indians, whatever the case might be, if the donor is from that background, Dr. Dresden's research shows that people are responsive to that, uh, that you know they identify with the cause even more strongly and feel better recognized. And again, we can diversify our donor databases by having that diversity on our boards uh, that can, you know also of course, emphasize equity and inclusion, when we're at the board table and in between board meetings. Gazby, any last words for, of advice for fundraisers as we think about this topic?
1: Yes, it makes a great case for support uh, in, in telling the story about who is giving already to the organization and to show that there is a diverse population that has bought into the mission and into the community development and into all that is taking place within that nonprofit organization. So I would just say to uh, as a parting shot to make sure that the awareness and that the um, commitment and that the relationships are there. And with that as your platform, you won't fail.
0: You can hear and see why Gatsby Brown has been such a longtime cherished member of our faculty at the fundraising school. Uh, and is so successful as a national fundraising consultant across the United States. Uh, within the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, we also have the Mays Family Institute on Diverse Philanthropy, uh, which has research and other technical assistance as you want to take a deeper dive into this subject. And that influences our curriculum at the fundraising school. Our public courses, which are offered in person, also online, sometimes recorded, sometimes live online. And right now you can have a crisis response scholarship reduce the cost of those courses by as much as 50%. We have custom training around this specific topic or any topic or several topics blended together for your nonprofit, your local region, perhaps your association. That custom training can come straight to you. We have these free podcasts, quarterly webinars. Uh, We often have a Fridays with the Fundraising School once a month gathering of the fundraising community. And all of this is online at our website, philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. With Gatsby Brown, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school.